Hey friend, welcome to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I greatly appreciate the fact that you're spending your day with us right here on this program. I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Greatly appreciate the fact that you've spent this week with us. If you have listened in, if you've missed any of this week of broadcasts, you can go back and listen on your favorite podcast platform, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it, you can find it. Just search for Bible Tract Echoes. Also, you can watch the video version of this broadcast on YouTube or on Facebook. Just search for Bible Tracks Incorporated. We would love for you to come into the studio with us. I'm holding in my hand right now, as you grab your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel 17, I have a gospel tract that you might think is only for Christmas time. It's called The Gift. This gospel tract talks about God's love for all. The gift is not just for Christmas time, though. It actually doesn't make any uh, insinuations or any immediate uh, application to Christmas, besides the fact that the gift is God's son. It talks about in the very beginning of this gospel tract, it says, you'd be surprised if you knew how many blessings God wants to give you. All of these gifts are found in the gift of God, his own dear son, Jesus Christ. And then this gospel tract has one of the most famous Bible verses of all time. You may recall it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. This gospel tract right here, you may want to get some for the Christmas season, but it works all year round. You can go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and you can get some of this gospel tract today. BibleTracksInc.org. We'd love to send you some, as always, for free. We're in 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm excited to close out this week of broadcasts. We've been talking about David, talking about Goliath, talking about the battle royale that happened there in the Valley of Elah. Let's go ahead and pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's see here. Let's look at verse number 37. 1 Samuel 17, 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Remember that David is the youngest of eight brothers. His three eldest brothers are at a battle with the Philistines, and Jesse, David's father, sends him with some food to resupply his brothers. And when he gets there, a giant of a man named Goliath comes over the other mountaintop across the valley and just starts reaming out the Israelites and, and just says all sorts of things, including things that are absolutely blasphemous to the God of heaven. Verse number 38, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put an helmet of brass upon his head, also, he armed him with a coat of mail. Pause here for just a moment. We've talked about the, the theme and the thought of this week has been that we need to declare war. And there are some things that we need to declare war on. We won't have time for those today, but there's a way in which we need to declare war. We need to be available. We need to be aggressive. We need to be ready to, today, take up arms. We've talked about these other things about being available and being aggressive and all of those types of things, taking action. But right here in this passage, we need to take up arms. Now you say, well, hold up a moment, Brother Micah. David did not use Saul's armor. You're absolutely right. 
And here's the point that I'd like to draw out of this passage for just a moment here. You need to take up the right type of arms. Put on the right kind of armor. Specifically, I'm talking about the sword of the word of God. That's what I was just reading from. Friend, if you think you can confront the world, the flesh, and the devil, if you think you can legitimately and realistically declare war on that trifecta, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and then be successful without daily, without habitually bathing yourself in God's word, friend, you've got a tall order ahead of you. To think that you can go unprepared into battle That's a fool's errand. And yet David almost was convinced to put on the wrong armor. Saul tried to dress him in his armor. We talked the other day about how tall Saul was, how big of a man he was. And Saul tried to put his armor on David. Verse 39, And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. He said, I don't want this. David said said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. He said, these aren't my arms. These aren't my, this isn't my armor. This isn't the type of thing I use. Verse number 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now imagine this here. He is going to face off with this Philistine. He's available. David is. He's aggressive, absolutely. And now we double back to what we ended on yesterday. He's about to take action. Friend, if God's convicting you about some sin in your life that you need to declare war on, can I encourage you to just go ahead and make that decision today? To just go ahead and declare war, to take action. Stop nurturing, stop nourishing, stop giving place to the devil. Think about that. When it talks about not giving place to the devil in the New Testament, it talks about that that word place means, the Greek word is topos, or it means topography. It's the root word, I should say, that we get the word topography. When you give place to the devil, you are literally giving him topography. You're literally giving him geography. You're literally giving him land. You're allowing him to set up shop in your life. As a Christian, why would we ever do that? We need to take action. We need to root him out. Now, are we going to have to make some decisions day by day? Are we going to have to declare war day by day? Oh, you absolutely we will, but it's worth the battle. Verse number 41, and the Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him. Verse 42, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Get this, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Part of me thinks that David would have gone and tackled Goliath with his bare hands if he would had to, to make this man shut up and stop saying these foolish things that he was saying. He would have gone out there and just tried to twist his head off like a cork David would have, because he was going with God's strength. He continues on. Verse 46, And this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, 
and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven. And all this assembly, get this, all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now, if you're looking for another little outline here of this chapter, if you go back to verse number 29, David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? He was talking to his brethren, talking to the men of Israel. That's the question. Then we see in verse number 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. That's the decision. Then verse number 40, he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones at the brook. That's the preparation. And then we see here in verse number 48, the action. It came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone. You can almost imagine this. I'm imagining like a commentator or something just watching. And David's there running towards the Philistine and took thence a stone and slang it, the Bible says. I love that word, slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Imagine, you ever heard of a, a soccer or, or as they call the rest of the world, football, football, football uh, a, a soccer commentator just say, goal, and just absolutely effusive with praise for this amazing goal that happened. And they're so excited probably for the home team, right? Goal. Imagine a commentator watching this and David just slang that sling, that stone and boom, and the giant goes, verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Think about this. Back in that day, being good with a sword, being strong with a sword, having a sword in your hand, that was a signal of strength. Just like these days, a, a gun is, a, is, a, is not necessarily a symbol of strength, but if you have a gun and I don't have a gun, I can tell you I'm probably going to do what you say, right? Well, in this day, a sword was the same type of thing, taking up arms. And David prevailed over the guy with a massive sword and kills him. But the Bible is very clear to point out that David didn't have a sword. Frank, can I encourage you to take action even if your arms don't look like a whole lot? Your armament doesn't look like a whole lot in the world's eyes. God can do much with you. I've heard it said this way, that you and God make a majority. But here's the cool thing. He doesn't even need you. You and God make a majority, but he doesn't even need you to make a majority. He's a majority all by himself. Verse 51, therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. See, when you take on the giants of the world, sometimes it'll be difficult. Not, not all the time are you going to defeat the giant in one afternoon, okay? Sometimes it's a day-by-day thing. But when you finally kill that giant dead... It's amazing how a lot of the other smaller things in life, the other problems, they seem to dissipate. They seem to go away. It's amazing to me that when we are willing to take on the big problems of life and stop skirting around the edges and dealing with symptoms and all that type of stuff, when we go right to the root of a problem, it's amazing how all the symptoms seem to go away so quickly. Verse 52, the men of Israel 
and of Judah rose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they came to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the gate. And we continue on. Basically, the Israelites won. And they won because one boy in 1 Samuel chapter 17 did what God wanted him to do. The question is today, the world has already declared war on you. The question is, what are you going to do? What will you do? Will you declare war? Remember Pearl Harbor when the Japanese attacked in 1941? Then very next day, FDR sat there in front of Congress and he declared war back. He said, they declared a war, we're coming for you. This is a day that will live in infamy, but we're coming for you. Friend, what are you going to do with sin? Are you going to continue to succumb? Are you going to continue to fall, continue to falter? Or will you declare war? What will you do? Friend, thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.